The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope brought to you by Enzymedica with host Terry Aranga. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Terry and her guest illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Terry Aranga. Hi, everyone. This is Betsy Hicks in for Terry Aranga today. Every now and then, Terry gives me a call and says, hey, I got somebody really special for you, and I think you would handle this well. And I was very excited at the opportunity for today's show. A year ago tomorrow, I believe it is, the anniversary, Karen Kane left the life she was used to for 15 years, years of trips to and from the hospital, sitting by her daughter's side as her daughter drifted in and out of comas, years of advocating for her daughter's rights, and years of being a caregiver for her daughter who cannot dress herself or or even speak with her voice. Karen's daughter, Lauren, was given a bad bad vaccine um, at three months and nearly died immediately after. But for 15 years, Lauren took her dedicated mother on a journey of hope and love Today's show is not about the anger towards the vaccine companies. It's not about Karen's struggles or even Lauren's illness and ultimate physical death, but it's about the growth that emerged from Lauren's story with the thousands that knew her and how one woman was forever changed through the acceptance that she ultimately achieved. Welcome, Karen, to our show today. Hi, and thank you so much for having me here today. Um, I'm really, really excited. And when we talked in October, it started a snowball of um, of energy about about talking today, and I could feel it getting bigger and bigger. And at times, I was thinking, <laughs> "What am I doing? And what's my voice?" And you know, I don't some days know what it is I'm feeling. And so. It's really wonderful to be here today, and what I have come up with um, is that it's a story about love, and I want to talk about hope, and, you know, it's a very sensitive time of the year that, you know, having the holidays here, um, when I was Lauren's mother in the very beginning, it was really hard at Christmas, especially because my daughter was not making the gains. She was not doing the things that I thought she might, and before she was born, I wanted a perfect package. And all of my packages at Christmas time were perfect. The bows were perfect. Everything matched. And, you know, I just was setting up my life. And then I had Lauren. And her package was so not perfect. And the more her package was broken, the more I loved her. And I think it's an ironic place to be as a parent to have a child with so many issues because we we love our kids. Mm -hmm. And society tells us that something's wrong with our kids. And so I think it's really important today, you know, to, that I talk about 
loving your child, especially when they're unique and they're perfect just the way they are. Um, it was very difficult for me in the beginning and being labeled with a diagnosis, any diagnosis. I mean, Lauren was cortically blind. She had a trach. She had a feeding tube. She never walked. She never talked. Um, we lived in the hospital. I mean, she had the most broken package of almost anyone I'd ever met. And, um, and, the, and I just loved her. And so I found it, especially 15, 16 years ago, very ironic to be shunned by society and yet have this amazing soul that I love so much. And, um, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. I had no tools to take care of her. I had no idea what was to become of her, and I had no medical background. I was very lost and very broken. I'm just like every other parent. And, you know, I had the idea that I would have certain things, you know, eating ice cream with my daughter and enjoying her and her calling my name. But that wasn't meant to be. And I was, you know, I was just a very typical parent. And I think it's really important that we talk about the vehicle of how our children get in these unique situations. For Lauren, like you said, she was injured by her vaccine. But she came here to teach. She came here to be in this body. And I believed that about her. Uh, You know, you can go to my website and get vaccine information. But it wasn't... The point, the point for Lauren was that she came here and she agreed to be in this body, and the vehicle was the vaccination. And um, Lauren was very peaceful about that always. And I really, in the beginning, you know, I had a great deal of denial. (laughs) I I do, I love denial because that was the best place for Lauren's father and I. We did good in denial, and that went to, you know, I did the anger, I did the rage, I did fear, and I did the fight. And I did the resistance. But, you know, Lauren was always really peaceful. And for the first three years, because the medical community, you know, shunned us and couldn't help us, I did all alternative. And I put myself out there with my baby in my arms, you know, looking for some strength and some hope. And we ended up in ICU from the ages three to five. Mm -hmm. And when we put Lauren in a coma twice to stop her seizures, I really kind of had to just get my brain around what was happening to my kid and what she was doing because I had so much resistance and I so wanted her to be healed. But she was really peaceful about what was going on. And it was at that time that I sat with her and I told her, I said, I'm not going to pity you anymore and I will be your mother and I will love you and I will sit by your side and I will hold your hand and make you as comfortable as I can. But if you're going to be here doing this, you need to do that, and then I need to do my part also. And it was, it was one of the big aha moments for me as her mother because it's really hard to sit with someone's pain and not get so wrapped up in it. And I felt she was so relieved when I could get there. And so I'm sure she had been waiting because she seemed always so much more advanced spiritually, obviously, than I am. But... Um, it seemed to be a very progressive point for us. And then, you know, I really had to decide and make a choice about how I was going to spend my time because we lived in the hospital from 3 to 5. And so I basically started making it as fun as possible. And I became a witness to what she was showing me, and I was trying to learn about the irony, you know, doing alternative and then spending two years in ICU. Um, I really had a lot of resistance 
I understand all of the resistant feelings. And, um, And then when she became five years old, I had to step in and start taking care of myself. And so in those years, a lot of things happened. It, it didn't happen one and then the other. I went through, you know, begging and pleading. But Lauren was always, you know, showing me. And so I wanted to just briefly go over a couple of the things that really helped me as her mother. You know, in the very beginning, there was the documenting, and I had to do that. And that was helpful with all of the doctors and with the physical part of Lauren. And then I went through the denial and the fight and the resistance. And then I started to get to a place of letting go because I basically had no control over what was happening in my life. And from the letting go, then I could go to a place of acceptance and finding my spirit and, you know, grounding myself, being in the moment, and, you know, which led to understanding her soul agreement and my soul agreement. And, you know, this took a long, long time. And because Lauren was energetic, she was always communicating via energy. She would come to people in their dreams, and she had did, she did that at three months. She started talking to people in their dream state. So she was always communicating energetically, and I really just had to keep up with her. But I, if there's any ad- advice to parents, and I think we all know this, especially mothers, we need to follow our guts. And because our children are always communicating, whether they're talking or not, they're always communicating with us. And she was, she was really my North Star. She was my drive. She was my teacher. She was the love of my life. And she was, she was the reason I got up every day. And, you know, when I, she was here, I would work towards that with her. And so now, you know, I really have to do the work on my own. But she always was coming from a place of creating your reality, you know, and... Um, being very playful about it and being very one with source. And, you know, she laughed at me all the time because I did this kicking and screaming. And so when I thought about coming here today, I really wanted to talk about loving our children because we automatically do that. But it's, it's very difficult when we have children that are unique. And Lauren, you know, she basically just wanted to be called someone who was living a unique life experience. She was completely comfortable with who she was. Right. Well, let's. I, I want you said some amazing things, and I want to take some of them apart and just break this up a little bit because there's so much there, and I want to really help people understand all of the amazing points that you've just made. The first one, which really hits me very, very powerfully, that um, is something that I, I preach a lot of, is you telling her that you know, basically in so many words that you were no longer holding her responsible for your own happiness, that, you know, you loved her and you would take care of her, but you weren't, you weren't going to make Lauren conform like all the other children in order for you to be happy. You were okay accepting her for who she was. And this is a really, really big piece because you've talked a lot about control, and I think that control is a huge word that us parents kind of, well, all of us go through life in. But when we have children, we really think that we're going to be able to control everything. You know, we think we're going to go in and we are going to have this particular child who's going to do this for a living and they're going to look this way and they're going to dress this way and say all, be polite and such. And then we quickly realize as parents that these are, 
completely different individuals who have their own desires, and we really cannot control anything of them. And Lauren really just taught you at a much younger, at a much younger age and at a more dra- dramatic way that none of us have any control over anything. You know, it's it's all it's. It, it, she she really hit it in a big part, but but the fact that you had said, you know, I'm going to be happy and enjoy this, no matter what, I, with with uh, total unconditional love. That's a big piece for you, Karen. I would think it was such a huge moment. And again, I have to say, she was probably so relieved. Yes, I put so much pressure on her. Yes, um, up until the very last day. I mean, I I. I she was young, but I would act like she was a hundred years old because she was so wise and so loving. And I did not on that day do that every single day, but I was able to come back and just say, I can't control this. I love you and I'm not going to pity you. And I became such a better parent. I became such a better caretaker. And I think being a caretaker, part of why I was so good at it, because I'm so controlling. <laughs> and it's very difficult to do, but she, she just, she just came here to do something big, and I knew it was big. I knew what she was doing was huge, and I, I, and I still feel this way. I have an idea about the right way, but then my ego and my body and my ideas kind of step in and want to make it another way. But you know, it's that art of allowing. When I get out of the way, yeah, then things come in. And I really had no, I, I didn't have another opportunity. At that point when she was three, I had five deaths of children and very close. Um, Lauren's two best friends died at that time, and I, I knew I was lucky to have her. And it, it was just such a huge experience. I just had to respect her. And I still probably have more respect for her than, you know, most people I've ever come in contact with. And she was always patient and loving with me. And, you know, I used to yell at her all the time, too. I mean, we did all of the things that normal parents do, and she would laugh at me. But I really knew that if I could just allow her to do what she was going to do, it would be so much easier, and then try to get out of my way. That's beautiful. All right, Karen, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, let's hear more about Lauren's story and all of the amazing lessons that the wonderful Karen Kane has learned from all this. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. The Autism Hope Alliance is dedicated to the recovery of children and adults from autism. The goal of this nonprofit organization is to ignite hope for families facing the diagnosis through education and funding to promote progress today. Diet modification, biomedical intervention, and educational therapy have been shown to be successful tools on the path to recovery. Through these efforts, we believe hope will replace hopelessness. Recovery for our children is a reality. For more information, go to AutismHopeAlliance.org. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? 
Peter Tong has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. Filling in for Terry Aranga, and I am here today with Karen Kane, who is the mother of Lauren, a wonderful 15-year-old girl, a girl who passed away uh, last year. And um, the story of Lauren's life is just absolutely remarkable. And hearing the transformations that Karen has made along the way, Karen's a fabulous person. is really teaching a lot of parents now through her website and lecturing about acceptance and love and hope. All the lessons that Lauren helped teach her. Um, Karen, there's so much we want to cover, but there's a few points still that I want to make sure that I address because I really want to understand your perspective of this. And you used a lot uh, frequently the word broken at the beginning, and I really want to understand this. Now, you described, understandably, you described her body as being broken, which, of course, anyone would feel in that respect, um, that with all the things that happened to her physically, how could you not feel that? But um, certainly I know that you've never ever saw her as being broken, but I want to talk about, I mean, mentally speaking and soulfully speaking, but I want to talk about mostly the term that you used for yourself. You had said that you were broken. And I feel this is a really big lesson in here because I'm, I'm, my biggest desire when I teach and talk about law of attraction and things such as that is I don't want parents beating up on themselves. I want them to all realize that they are where they are and whether or not they pay attention to the signs that help lead them towards a happier uh, understanding of life, that's fine. But do you, how do you feel that you were literally broken and do you feel that there's ever a point of being fixed, I guess is what I'm really asking. Um, you know, in the beginning, I, I just have to say that I was just like every parent. I was naive. I had no idea. I was open spiritually. Okay. But I cried every day, um, all day. I would go to work and I would just put my head on my desk and I would cry. And I thought that I would have a daughter that would embarrass me in public her diagnosis is, um, she got three diagnoses. The first one were the words, I'm just saying how they said, they said, sure, sure. Pain, you're, 
your baby's retarded. Right. And they just shouted at me. And then the second doctor said um, she would be a pretty retard. And then the third doctor said go home and prepare for the worst. Well, I thought that that would mean she would be walking and maybe not be so smart and embarrass me. That was my biggest fear. And, um, And then she had uncontrolled seizures. She had, at three months, nine five-minute seizures in a day. Wow. Her body was lifeless. She cried constantly. I think um, I saw you talking about where your child was young and cried so much. Right. I felt tortured. Right. I felt abandoned. I felt isolated, and I felt unworthy. But Lauren didn't share any of those feelings with me. She, When she was not in pain, she was full of love, Mm-hmm. And there was a shine and light in her eyes, and she taught me really about faith. And I mean, that's a whole. There's so much to that. It didn't happen overnight. But I started studying um, Esther and Jerry Hicks. The first time I saw them, I was not um, okay with channeling. I was open, but I, it was kind of a, a path where one thing leads to another, and I was hearing things that made sense, mm-hmm. and. In the beginning, I would pay everybody. I did all kinds of tarot readings and everything that I could possibly look for to get an answer of healing. Mm -hmm. And it really was um, around the age of maybe 10 that I had to understand more about healing because we always want our child to be perfect. So when she was three, I realized she wasn't going to be normal or healed, but it was very difficult for me to understand how far to push to right. make her be, you know, healed. And really it was then I, I realized I just have to heal myself and my own heart and my thoughts because wow. Lauren was doing exactly what she wanted to do. So in, in that is, that's fabulous because that's exactly the way that I think that parents need to... You, the benefit that you are providing to so many parents who d- don't want to have to go to the extreme of having a child... That, the way that you had to, to do with Lauren, how much you can teach just from those simple words that you've just taught right now. I mean, that is, if, if you can really resonate, it, parents that are listening right now, if you can really resonate with that about the fact that we have no control and that, you know, we are not really necessarily broken, that we are, we're just learning this all along the way. Do you feel now tremendous, sadness, disappointment, or really gratitude and appreciation for the path that you've been on? I feel everything. I have the ability to feel completely broken, and I also have the choice to be um, living with joy. I love that statement. This year has been tough, and I, I really expected because we both talked about this and whether we both just agreed that she would leave her body. We talked about it in January of 2009, and she uh-huh. told me clearly she was ready to go. And I, knowing what I know spiritually, I thought that I would be better prepared. We threw a big, huge party, had a quinceanera, and I channeled her, and I spent every moment I could with her, and I had done everything I could possibly do, and I trust that she's perfect. But it... it um, it was another journey of something I'd never experienced. And well, it, Lauren, very, I mean, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, keep, keep, keep going. But it she would be very well, painful. Right. And 
and then I get angry with myself or I feel ashamed because I know better. I know I could be creating a better life, and I'm aware of my thoughts, and I'm aware when I get really sad that what's grief, and then when am I just getting into another energy that's just swallowing me up. And so two weeks ago, I was completely devastated, and I couldn't get out of bed, and I thought, what am I doing? But it always comes back to love, and it always comes back to hope, and it always comes back to trust. And Lauren was all of those things, and I know she's fine. I love what you said, though, though, Karen. i got to interrupt because I just don't want to go too far away from what you said a little while ago, was you feel you have the choice for the emotion. And that that is big because, we, you know, there's nothing more annoying than when you really need to cry or when you really need to feel sadness for someone to say, hey, cheer up. You know, no, not, at this moment in this time, I need to feel angry, or at this moment in this time, I need to feel sadness. I'll work my way back up to joy. I'll get there, but let me feel and make, let me make the choice as to how I want to feel at that moment. That is really important. It, it can be really hard to do, but I think it's what, I think it's, I, I believe our bodies are energy, and, and I believe that I can create a great future for myself, and I am committed to sharing our story because I think that's what we came here to do. But there are some days I can be as angry as this planet. I can be as sad as this planet. I can, you know, but then I always know that there's going to be a time that I can feel joy again. And right. my body is very physical, which is very dense, and it's not easy. This, none of what I'm saying happened in a heartbeat or a day. It happened kicking and screaming the entire way. But Lauren, with her energy and her vibration always being so high, I always gravitated towards the way she was being. And yeah. then people came to me. If I asked, people would come. And so I'm always really clear about what I'm asking for because I think it is the mystery of the universe that once we ask, you know, people will come because it's, it's the law. And, and to be reminded, it always comes back to love. And, and I think that's the irony of parents' pain is that we love our kids. We just didn't know it was going to look like this. Right. We're not taught how to love a child who isn't, you know, so-called perfect in this society. Yeah, that's... That's exactly right. Now, you did a lot of play with Lauren, and you. how did you figure out what it was that Lauren would excel the most with when it came to play? Um, When she was about five years old, once she got through the devastating physical part of her almost dying from three to five, I noticed that... um, she was in there, and I noticed that she would perk up at certain times. She knew when she was at home, and she knew things, and she knew what she liked and what she didn't. And she was communicating in people's dreams. People always came up to me and said, Lauren told me this and told me this, and I just wanted her to talk about me. But the point was, you know, of course, that's a mother's wish. You know, what she said about me? But I started when she was five to talk to her about blinking for yes. And then I basically had to be motivated she was spoiled rotten. She was adorable. She loved to shop. She loved chocolate. And so I would take her to Build-A-Bear and say, which one do you want? And I would make her blink. And so I was always trying to get her to communicate and reinforce her behavior because I think so often, especially with nonverbal children, we assume that they're stupid. And especially with my daughter, people called her a vegetable and, you know, 
Lauren was in there. She just couldn't speak with her words, but she was always communicating. And she had a wicked sense of humor. But in order for me to reinforce that, I had to be age-appropriate with her. I had to make life fun. I had to give her choices. And therefore, she worked harder to participate in conversation. And I always treated her as if she was completely normal. I did not see her as broken, um, you know, most of the time. She was a pain in the neck and a lot of work to care for. But I saw her as a very, you know, normal person. She needed boundaries. And I talked to her nurse that would go to school with her. I said, you need to make her responsible with you because she'll try to get away with a lot. I mean, I think kids like this are really smart because they're reading our energy, one. They already know what we're thinking before we say it. And then they're responding, and then they're spoiled because we think they can't. And so I really would push her. And there are numerous stories about how Lauren um, connected with people on that level. By the time she was 13, she was always in talking to people in their dream state. And a big part of um, the best part of her life was um, middle school, and she was very age-appropriate. She had the cutest shoes on. She had her hair done. She had earrings on, and so the kids would come up to her and start communicating with her. And she wanted what every parent wants, what every child wants. She just wants to be liked. She just wants to be, you know, just like everybody else. We all want the same thing. We want to be accepted. We want to be loved, and we want to be appreciated. And um, her nurse that went to school with her in middle school was pivotal. Once she understood that Lauren was in there and once she understood that Lauren was communicating, she pushed for Lauren to be in, in you know, social situations. And my daughter ended up to be very popular. She had, um, she had met a girl named Sarah Rivera, and she had met Kelsey and Taylor and Jennifer and Brianna, and we started having sleepovers. Oh, how fun. All right, we're going to take a break, Karen. We're going to, okay. When we get back, let's hear more about Karen's story with her daughter, Lauren, and I want to really talk about intuition in the next segment. We'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health & Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. 
To perform at your maximum potential, you need to have all aspects of your life working properly. On mind, brain, and body, Dr. Michael John Kell will bring you honest, open discussions concerning your physical, mental, and financial health. If you're ready to find purpose and meaning in your life, tune in to Mind, Brain, and Body every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific. Mind, Brain, and Body on Voice America Health and Wellness. Radio dedicated to your health, wealth, wisdom, and purpose. Most chronic health problems are caused by the interaction between genetic susceptibility and environmental exposure. This was defined 10 years ago by the Centers for Disease Control. Join Dr. Robin Bernhoft for 21st Century Medicine. We will cover the whole spectrum of chronic illness and little-known medical treatments that are being used to make you healthier. 21st Century Medicine airs live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. Hello, this is Betsy Hicks, and we are returning. Um, I'm in for, for Terry today. We are having an amazing show. If you're just tuning in, um, we are speaking with Karen Kane. And if you can would like to know more about what we've been talked about, already talked about or the whole story of Lauren, you can go to the website that Karen has set up called Lauren's World. L O R R I N S W O R L D Lauren'sWorld dot com, and it's a wonderful website filled with so much information about Lauren's life. And if you're listening right now, you can go there and see a picture of absolutely be- the most beautiful girl, Lauren, who is just. You could just see her sparkling. She's just amazing. Um, I really would like to hit in this segment, Karen, if it's okay with you, uh, talking more about intuition. You mentioned earlier about you kind of using your own intuition to know what is next. Um, I feel real strongly with this because I think a lot of parents are capable of um, utilizing their own intuition to make decisions about their children and uh, I don't think a lot of parents know how to, and I think that they second-guess themselves a lot. You know, they go to websites and they find out this treatment or this therapy and these things, and they really never kind of check in with the child and say, what is it that you want? Because they are so concerned with normalizing, you know, just having that normal life. And they're like, what can I do? What therapy, what thing, what treatment can I do to help my child be normal? Maybe the child doesn't want to be normal. Maybe the child really likes being exactly where they are. And they and we think as parents in our controlling way that we know best. So I am so curious on, on a few things that if you could answer. Number one is, what is it like tapping into that intuition for yourself? What's it like tapping into Lauren and, and hearing the message she has to say, and and just what is the the ultimate message that Lauren really wanted people to know? Um, I think for me, I and maybe I'm just the best example. I was searching and paying and searching and searching. I have done every single type of therapy you have ever heard of. I've paid people to tell me that seizures were from the devil. I have heard and done everything, and so I think um, maybe that's what I'm meant to do is just be the 
really, I was so ignorant and desperate that I think I, it took me a very, very long time to find discernment. And it was because Lauren was always communicating. And as a very young child, she was coming into people's dreams. And we did some channeling, and we did those things early on. And I had all these questions set up, and I said, you know, what do you want to wear to school? And if I place you and get on with my life, are you okay? And the immediate, the first ever channel session we had, she, she asked me, ask me questions above the earthly domain. And I had absolutely no idea what that meant. I was lost, and I, I was thinking, well, what color shoes do you want? You know, I was so not understanding what she was here to do. I, guess but, I just have to interject real quickly because the first time I went to a channeler, um, and I'm, I, don't, I, I know you don't know this about, about me, Karen, but I do a lot with with nutrition and diet. And I'm like a to- I used to be a total zealot about healthy food and always eating the best foods, and you know this whole thing. And the first time I went to the channeler, the, the channeler looks at me really funny. And she goes, "Well, I'm picking up Joey, but it's the strangest questions. He's saying he wants more snacks." <laughs> And I thought that that was like such a perfect thing because it's like here I think that he's going to, he, just in the opposite end, I think he's going to tell me about the world and he's just like, no, just give you some more snacks. So she wants to know about the earthly domain. That is the most amazing thing. I love to hear that. And, and what am I supposed to do with that as her parent? I had no idea. I used to yell at her and I would say, you're the angel and I don't know what I'm doing and we'd carry on like this. But I always knew there was something going on about that. And I think um, what I learned, it, it took me a long time to, to learn discernment and to trust my gut. And that's why I like to talk about it with parents because we all have our gut instinct, especially with our children. And people would ask me about it, especially her friends who were very young. And I said, well, you know, when your mom walks in the room, she knows immediately if you're sick or if you're happy or if you're grumpy. You know, that's how Lauren communicated constantly with her expressions and with her emotions. And when she couldn't do that, she would just basically come into the dream state. She went to Meg Blackburn Losey, and she's written about in the book The Children of Now, and their message is all about love. They right. came here to teach us love. And Lauren's school nurse, Debbie, she's an amazing woman, and she went to school with her. It was about six months. She was, com- she was a nurse. She was so overwhelmed with Lauren's medical needs that it took about a year for her to get comfortable with Lauren. And Lauren would show up to school with her backpack and her cute things and her earrings and her glitter. And, and Debbie came home from school one day, and she said to me, she said, you know Lauren answers my questions before I ask them. Uh-huh. And I just said, I know, but if I told you that, you would <laughs> think I'm crazy. And and so it was really just about giving that person the time of day. Yeah. And, you know, sitting with Lauren and looking in her eyes and touching her and giving her that moment to express to you what she's communicating because Lauren was always communicating. And I learned how to communicate with her, and so I still do. But I would talk to channelers also because I, I really believe that she had her soul agreement and I have my soul agreement. But my agenda is um, much more important to me than her agenda. So I think it's very important as parents that we allow our children to have their agenda and identify that and respect it, but also to keep our spirit. 
And even with healthy children, you know, when our kids go off to college, we need to feel our spirit. We need to do our best to be the best we can be because that's what makes us good parents. Okay, but it's let's not... talk about, because you talked about working with the channeler, but you've also talked about, which was a great lesson to all, how you paid somebody who said that, you know, seizures were the work of the devil. How is a parent supposed to discern the difference between somebody who's really picking up on their child or the, their own picking up a child and these conditioned, horrible messages of that have really... You know, it's somebody else's belief system that's trying to be sold to you. How is a parent supposed to know the difference between that? I, I, I do believe that there's the Holy Spirit, our gut, our intuition, and we need to rely on that. And we're really not taught that, are we? We are not taught as individuals um, to trust our gut. We're taught to take a prescription and, you know, to, to go the easiest route. But I think underneath it all, we really do know when our gut is speaking to us. It's just really about how we listen to it. And, and I am not perfect. I, I do this wrong all of the time. But when I fall down, I pick myself up back again and I say, what do I know? I know when my feeling, I, I think sometimes it's the best to explain when someone's talking bad about you, you know how all of a sudden your stomach drops? Yeah. I think everybody knows that feeling. That's energy. And so what we need to do is be impeccable with our energy and to identify about how we feel. And, and it's never an ending battle. I struggle with it all the time, but I'm very aware when I'm having a feeling of sadness or when someone else's sadness is getting in my energy center. And Lauren taught me this all the time, and I'm still energetically communicating with her and I still miss her and cry my eyes out. I'm not saying that this is a perfect thing. I'm just saying it's an alternative to the physical reality of a quick fix. And right. and sometimes, you know, quite frankly, I would just put her in therapy because it just makes me feel better. It makes me feel like I'm being a good person. You know, there's all of these things that we have to do, but I think we need to focus on what we want to create in our reality. And for me, when she was in middle school, my biggest goal was for her to have friends, and we manifested it. I prayed, and I envisioned it, and I thought about it. And I, when I went to see Esther and Jerry Hicks at um, Celebrate Your Life conference in Arizona, the woman called me that I bought my ticket from, Jane from Mishka, and she said, would it be okay if my daughter who's 11 sat with you and your daughter? And wow. I just thought, wow, we created that. I'm like, yes. Because I wanted Lauren to have friends and not just to have to deal with me and my friends. Wow. And it was a door open. And so I believed that I deserved it. I believe she deserved it. And then we created it. Right. And then I ran with it. And it was a lot of work, but it was some of the best days of her life. And it was some of the best experience because it was age appropriate. You know, right. she would roll her eyes at me. We'd go to football games and I had to sit my child who needed to be suctioned with her canine companion two rows in front of me. I mean, I couldn't be seen with him. And it was, it was such a powerful experience. But it was one, you know, I'm going to say I didn't have other kids and I was a very single parent. And so my entire life was dedicated to her being comfortable and happy and healthy. And I played, I played as much as I could, but there, you know, you really kind of have to, as a parent, find the balance with your spouse 
and find the balance with your other children. It's very, very difficult, but I think it's important that we do it and make it fun. And I think because Lauren had so much fun, she stayed a long, long time. And I would bribe yeah. her. Well, this this goes back to what we were talking about earlier of how not holding our children responsible for our happiness because when we play the martyr card and we just say, you know, this is the life that I've been given and I'm going to fight till the very end for my child, our children do not want us to fight for them. They want us to love and accept and and just allow whatever lessons are coming through it without any sort of a fight. What do you, do you I mean, and and Unfortunately, we're going to have to go to break because this is a this is a topic all on its own. But this this has got to be this is going. I want to go back one more time to this, you know, this message that Lauren has spoken of of ultimate love. There's no way that I think that she's the the person that would ever condone all of the anger that's generated towards the vaccine companies maybe that did this to her or such. It's got to be education, I would think, was what Lauren's trying to teach, but certainly not anger. Um, she, she never had anger, and her, her, one, her one biggest message was to me, Mom, love yourself. Beautiful. All right, we have, to go to, we have to go to break. Okay. I'm sorry, Karen, to interrupt you. We have to go to a quick break. Um, when we get back, let's, let's wrap this all up, go more into the art of allowing, and talk a little bit more about vibration. We'll be right back with Karen Kane. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. Are you finding fitness a chore? Is health and nutrition too time-consuming for you? It doesn't have to be like that at all. Tune in to Fit Fan for Fun, lifestyle fitness with your host, Shira Litwack. Every week, Shira and her guests will show you the fun side of fitness. We'll invite you to send topic suggestions and questions via email, as well as call into the program. You'll get sensible fitness and nutrition advice in a relaxed and fun program. You won't look at fitness as an enemy ever again. Fit Fan for Fun airs every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. 
The Autism Hope Alliance is dedicated to the recovery of children and adults from autism. The goal of this nonprofit organization is to ignite hope for families facing the diagnosis through education and funding to promote progress today. Diet modification, biomedical intervention, and educational therapy have been shown to be successful tools on the path to recovery. Through these efforts, we believe hope will replace hopelessness. Recovery for our children is a reality. For more information, go to AutismHopeAlliance.org. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. Hello, everybody. It's actually Betsy Hicks filling in for Terry. We've had an amazing show. I highly recommend listening to the full archive of this show, which is available on healthvoiceamerica.com. It's also available on my website, which is elementalsliving.com, along with many other shows I have. I have another website, which is called Autism Law of Attraction, which is for those that are more into the energy of all that we're speaking of and the vibration of all we're speaking of. And, of course, the most important website today is Lauren's World, L-O-R-R-I-N-S, world.com, which is the story of Lauren, and you can get info- connect with Karen through that website as well. Karen, um, I vibration is a, is a, is, a, is everything. I mean, everything is based on its vibrational signature. And uh, we were talking a lot about intuition a little while ago. And one of the things that I want to make sure that parents are understanding is that the vibration of the solution is nowhere near the vibration of the problem. So when we keep beating the drum of what is and the anger and the sadness and the despair, we just attract more and more of that. We need to get into more of a place of, of acceptance, love, and, and happiness and hope to be able to even come close to attracting solutions to us. You talked about how Lauren attracted a friend to sit next to her or how you attract friends, people to come and help you. All of those things are out there, but but... Talk a little bit about how you used to be in that pain. Um, I used to share my story with whoever would listen. I had every reason to be cranky and happy, miserable. Um, Me and my husband weren't working out. Um, He later died um, from abusive alcohol. And um, the story of feeling abandoned by everyone and being alone. I had earned I had earned all kinds of pain and misery and anger and I could I could show anyone my pain and I earned it. I could talk about it with anyone, but it was just making my pain larger. It's like filling filling a tub. You just keep filling it and filling it and filling it and then you just have a full tub and my tub was pain. And I had every right. Who wouldn't listen to my pain about my baby? Right. And I had to get out of the way for me, it was a very long process, but Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now, right. talking about pain as an energy, was very helpful. Greg Braden and all of his work was very helpful. And then it was, you know, kind of the Esther and Jerry Hicks talking about being in the flow. And, and I would paddle upstream and upstream because that was my baby and that was my right and I was going to fight with her and I was going to do all of these things because I was a good mom. It took a very long time to find discernment about what was hitting my head against the wall and then getting on the canoe and just flowing. Right. And 
it's always easier when you get on the canoe, but sometimes um, I still don't know, and it takes me a while. I'll paddle upstream, and I'll think, what am I doing? This doesn't feel right. I'm not supposed to be unhappy. I'm not supposed to be working so hard and go in another direction. And, you know, Lauren would just chuckle at me because <laughs> she really was way ahead of me. But um, it, it's very, very difficult, and it, it's not that we don't want to fight for our children, but we have to um, – it's kind of when we build up that resistance – it's it's like hitting your head against the wall, and if you just take a deep breath and ground yourself and and understand it's really about love and learn to trust that. And, you know, asking my angels to come in, asking my healing team to come in. And on my survival page and my website, I do energy work um, all the time. Channeling Lauren was very helpful for me. Understanding that she was here doing something very, very important, and I would talk in Lauren's IEPs, telling the people I'm, you know, compassion, teaching compassion is a very important part of life, and my daughter did that by just walking, rolling in a room. So, so there are so many different lessons to be learned. It's not just about math, and it's not just about spelling, but I believe that Lauren understood those things. It really is about every soul is important, and just getting, you know, in, in, in the mix with someone who may be different, who may frighten you, who may look different, and just sitting with them and looking in their eyes and looking into their soul and, you know, kind of being open to what do you have to teach me? Because Lauren, when she died in two weeks, she had 2,000 hits on her website. She never walked. She never talked. People came to her. But if they would come and, and sit with her and look in her eyes or hold her hand, they walked away changed. And, I mean, there are stories after stories about that, and she would say in her channeling, well, if I can be happy, can't anyone be happy? And she's not teaching anything new. She wasn't here to, to change the, the message. The message is always about love, going within, trusting yourself, loving yourself, and then loving others. And, and when we're angry or we're blaming and we're attacking and we want to find validation for our pain, it, it just... You can only go so far with that. And, you know, I think those energies, you know, create toxins in our bodies and they create illness. And so I think part of the reason I haven't, you know, fallen over is because I, you know, work my energy chakras, you know, I beg and plead and I try and I ask for all of my help. I use the tools and I work with Megan Vlass, you know, every other week. And when I'm not doing the work, I really notice that I'm not doing okay because I'm energy. And so when I'm in the flow of life and I'm trusting and I'm creating good possibilities, I'm in a much better place than when I'm coming from fear. But, but I have every reason to be afraid every day. I've lost everything that I thought I would ever have. I thought I would have a family. I thought I would have children. I thought I would have grandchildren. And it still breaks my heart, but I can still be happy. And I embrace the gifts that have been given to me. And a big part of that is creating friendships and and opening the door and allowing everybody to come forward and be who they are. And that's a big part really of what this blessed. allowing is. I mean, you know, the, what you're speaking of is exactly what allowing is. It's, it's just letting it be whatever it needs to be and, and not trying to force it into a box that it, it's not comfortable in. Um, my heart aches every day. Of course I look at healthy kids, and of course I hear, I mean, it, there's, there's no escape for what we thought our dream would be. But 
there there is a, a every opportunity for me every day to create a great dream and to be very happy. I am I'm, I'm actually the most unlikely person to be surviving without a child. There was there was a time where I, for years I thought if I didn't have a healthy kid, I would not be able to live. And now it's a choice. It's a choice to be, you know, a grown woman, and it's a choice to be happy and to look into someone's soul. And I surround myself with people that inspire me. When I That's feel down, piece. I just look at the people that are inspiring out there, and it reminds me of Lauren's energy. It's a yeah. beautiful thing, vibrating, you know, vibrating it's the radio station you can turn tune in wherever you want and some days it's hard you know to tune into a higher vibration but even when i feel horrible i know that there's going to be tomorrow and you and know think, that that you've had enough great experiences positive experiences joyful and loving experiences that you can go back there when you when you you're ready to i mean so many people don't even know what it feels like to feel that kind of joy and lauren was able in many ways to bring you to a point of recognizing what true joy and happiness and love is so now it's a lot easier to go back there it's, and it's ironic to sit be, beside, you know, my little kid with her big blue eyes and her little crooked arms and her crooked feet and just feel so safe and comfortable because she just exuded love. And yes. a long time ago I, I wrote something about her, but whoever is in her presence and if they feel afraid, it's their fear because Lauren was not afraid. And if they felt love, it was because it was their love. They were only, you know, we're only mirroring each other, and Lauren was a mirror of love. And some people could not be in the same room with her because they were so afraid. And it it was very difficult for, it's difficult to come really and, and get in touch with our emotion. And Lauren was just full of love and forgiveness, and I've never seen her do anything other than that. She was a, a smart aleck. I mean, she had a <laughs> sense of humor, and she laughed at me all the time. And we'd fight, and I would yell, and she would chuckle. And she was brave. But she always was loving, and um, she made people feel safe. And strangely enough, a, a perfect mirror of our emotions. That is Lauren, and Karen Kane has brought this wonderful story to us. Her website is laurensworld.com. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Carrie Aranga will be with, back with you next week. I'm Betsy Hicks. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. America would like to thank you for listening to Autism One, a conversation of hope. To contact Terry or get more information, visit autismone.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga.